This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, December 16th, early football signing day, loaded show today. It's great to have you with us. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside five-star evaluator Jason Shepard. Look, I uh, I don't skimp on the five stars. I give those out every day. If I see I somebody doing something. No, if I see, like, you know what? That was a fantastic four-way stop you just had. Are you a five-star? Are you it's a five-star four-way are you stop? A five-star tipper? Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the purposes of being on TV in front of lots of people, yes, I'm a yes, great tipper. Absolutely. Yes. Well, like we mentioned, football early signing day. This is a massive day. BYU does not expect to sign very many more in February. So today, for the first time ever, is basically bigger than the day in February. So uh, very excited about that. We will discuss every signee during the next hour that has already inked their name to sign and play for the Cougars. We'll talk with Kalani Sataki as well. You'll hear from position coaches, our opinions, rankings, ratings, info, video, graphics. We've got it all. And so it's a, a unique day. No headlines. All rise and shout. Let's get right to it. Here's the signing class of 2021, and we started off with Logan Fano, outside linebacker, 6'4", 225, from Spanish Fork, Utah, Tim Few High School. Four-star guy, decommitted from BYU, uh, wanted to look around, was committed from eighth grade until I think his senior year. Looks around, ultimately signs with the Cougars. His best friend's Raider Dumuni. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, heavily recruited Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Michigan, Washington. Mission first guy and a playmaker off the edge. He is going to be one of those guys that we've been asking for for a couple of years now, the, the edge rusher, whether it be a stand-up linebacker like Max Tooley type or if he's actually an end, probably a linebacker. And Elisa Tuiaki says, you're going to know his name. I think uh, all of Cougar Nation knows the story behind Logan with, with an early commitment and, and a recommitment uh, just recently. Um, brings a lot of length and athleticism as a speed rusher off the edge. Just a, a great fit for us in, in the locker room as well as uh, on the field. We're going to be able to do a lot with him. Arguably the best player in this class. Yeah, I mean, you never know how these players are ultimately going to turn out. But I agree with you. I mean, arguably the best signee that BYU will get today. He has that type of talent. There's a reason that all these other schools wanted him. And that's why it's a major get for BYU to get him in the fold. And, and you referenced, you know, his best friend, that being Raider DeMooney, who now is also officially in the fold. 6'2", 190 from Provo, Timfew High School. And, of course, his dad is Jack DeMooney. That's my son. son. Yes, exactly. Defensive back safety. Uh, this is a guy that, like Logan, had committed early. Eighth grade, he's been a BYU commit since then. Interesting, though, great, man. I think that one of the things that in, in talking to people we found out is it seemed like it would be just a natural thing. You know, he's, his dad's on the staff, and it's just it's that's just the way it's going to go. But it's interesting that you hear some of these stories that in situations like that, because there's so much familiarity and you've been around the program so much, sometimes when an outside school comes in, it's, it's new and it's, you know, it's that shiny new toy, and sometimes that can distract you. So the fact that BYU was able to get him, even though his dad is still on the staff, it is, it is a big, big deal. And you may be wondering about the origin of the name. His name is Raider, but 
They were originally considering the name Dash. Which would work Which well, would have man. been fantastic. They knew he was a boy, so they're thinking Dash. But Jack's father-in-law, one day they were sitting in the kitchen, looked in the kitchen, and he saw a can of Raid. You know, like the, the bug killer? <laughs> and he's like, Raider? And then the Kuhuku High School's the Red Raiders. Red Raiders. So he Not, suggested, I thought it was the Oakland Raiders. So he suggested time. Raiders, and uh, Jack and his wife thought it was great. So they named him... Uh, Raider and Preston Hadley, safeties coach, very excited to have him in the fold. Raider Dramuni, uh, really excited about his potential. Um, he's been committed for a long time, since eighth or ninth grade, uh, which says a lot about who he is and his character and just uh, how much he values this program. We're, uh, we're really excited about him and just his versatility and uh, the leadership that he brings. So defensive back safety type, 6'2", 190. He can play receiver, too, honestly. Very fast. Yes. Lots uh, of speed there. Heavily recruited. Uh, Oregon, Wisconsin, Wazoo, Mich- uh, Mississippi State. Mission first guy. In fact, 12 of the 16 signees today for BYU, the expected 16, are uh, mission first guys. So uh, we'll basically tell you who isn't a mission first guy. Okay, let's continue. Uh, part of this, uh, this is a nice class. There are three players that kind of pop uh, to me and to you, I think, right? The third, John Henry Daly. Sounds like a Duke in England or something. I love it. <laughs> Defensive end, 6'5", 225, Alpine, Utah, Lone Peak High School, the nephew of our own David Nixon, and by marriage, Taysom Hill and Craig Bills as well. Pass Nothing rush- to live up to there, right? Yep, no pressure. <laughs> Pass rushers aren't bor- uh, made, they're born. And John Henry Daly was born to sack the quarterback. 22 this last year. He might play a year before going on a mission. We'll see. His older brother, Michael, is on a mission, is getting back for next season. These dudes are good. Like, edge rushers, Logan Fano and John Henry Daly. I'm very excited about this kid. Yeah, this is a guy that's uh, very explosive. And, and really, in terms of what you want out of that position, like he, he is a prototypical defensive player for BYU. I think he, he's one of those guys that you could certainly see progressing through the system. And a D-end at 6'5". So 225, if he's a D-end, he's probably got to bulk up a little bit, right? 15 to 25 pounds there. Ed Lamb says John Henry could be a great pass rusher at BYU. John Henry's been a pleasure to recruit. His brother Michael also signed with us before leaving on a mission. John Henry's got the potential to be one of the, uh, the, the greatest pass-rushing recruits that we've recruited here in a while. A lot of sacks, a lot of tackles for loss, really gets into the backfield. A great hustler, great effort guy. We're so excited about his potential. His defensive coordinator at Lone Peak, the great Ryan Denny who himself was an excellent defensive end. So he's been able to learn from the best, obviously having an uncle. This is David Nixon's sister's son. So this is, this is exciting. And we've heard about this kid for a while. Right. He also kind of opened up his recruitment a little bit at the end, got some love, but ultimately signed with the Cougs. And these three, man, I mean, there's some good players in this class, but Fano, Damuni, and uh, Daly here, I mean, this is... Uh, able to get all three of those yes. in this one class is quite the accomplishment. And, and let's comment on this. There were, there were five, like the highest five profile recruits that BYU was going after in the state of Utah. 
BYU felt like they got three of those, three of those five, five, which is pretty important. And then there's other dudes, of course. Absolutely. And we've hit on a lot of defensive players. How about we move to the offensive side of the ball? Uh, Kyson Hall. Hey. 5'11", 180, Spanish Fork, Utah, went to Maple Mountain High School, wide receiver. And obviously, you know the name, brother of Jaron, son of Kalen. Hey, and, don't leave KJ out of this. And KJ, excuse me. He is a mission-first kid, three-star recruit, rated the number one wide receiver in the state of Utah. And coaches really love the fact that he's got speed. He's a playmaker, very explosive with the ball, and just an overall great athlete. He's actually been compared to Dax Milne. Hey, that's and a good what we've seen comparison. out of Dax Milne this year, that type of comparison is, is look, there's nothing wrong if you're going to be compared with Dax Milne. Now, he did come off of a hamstring injury last season, but everything's good. And a with, back injury. Yeah, and a back injury. So everything is good, and they're really excited to have him in. In fact, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes says Kyson, like his brother and his father, brings a lot of excitement. Kyson, again, another great all-around athlete, much like, much like his brother and his dad, a uh, guy that can do a lot of things, excellent speed, um, excellent burst, good change of direction. Be fun to see him in a Cougar uniform. So you got the QB, Jaron. You got the running back, Kalen. And now you got the receiver, Kyson. Not bad, right? Not bad at Three all. Great position, uh, you know, different positions, skill positions. The, yeah, he's rated as the top receiver in Utah. So that's a big-time get. He would have had bigger stats, but like you said, had that injury. But uh, mission first, so we'll see him in a couple of years. But very excited. He's, he's got this kind of swagger about him that I like. Five, like this quiet confidence as well, which is Dax Milne. Dax is not showy at all. He just does the that's job. That's also Jaron, by Clock, the way. Right. Clocks yes. in, clocks out. Kalen, like a very professional. Yes individual and family and how there, they approach there is nothing, very mature. There's nothing egotistical about Jaron, but right. he knows what type of abilities yes, he has. Yes, pretty yes. awesome. So another legacy Coug. Always love those, right? Okay, speaking of, Nathan Hoke, uh, linebacker, 6'3", 225 from Pittsburgh. From Pittsburgh. Hmm, hmm, hmm. This is Chris Hoke's son, and you can see him at Heinz Field there in the background in this photo. Uh, compared to, to uh, you know Paul Walkenhorst, potentially, worked out with Raider DeMooney and Logan Fano during quarantine. So got to know those guys. 24-7 Sports has him as the number 66 inside linebacker in the country. Mission first kid. But, the, uh, of course, the son of Chris, an excellent coach, a guy who's played and won in multiple Super Bowls. Obviously, uh, another legacy Coug, and a great to have Nathan Hoke as well. Yeah, I, you mentioned legacy kid. That's so important. And don't assume that they're just going to come. Like, you have yes, to, there has you to, be, have to yes. uh, recruit them as hard or harder than a regular. Well, and we've seen in the last, you know, in years past where some of those legacy kids have decided to go elsewhere. And so it's nice to see those names that you associate with BYU, yeah. their children coming to BYU and wanting that experience. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm stoked about him. Ed Lamb says uh, Nathan comes from a good football family. Nathan Hoke, another legacy recruit for us. Um, he's, uh, again, another brother who's uh, committed to us and is out on a mission right now. And then, uh, of course, his father, uh, Chris Hoke, uh, played here, another teammate of mine. And uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic football family. Really excited about his, uh, Nathan's development potential and his ability to contribute and um, take us to a new level. So very excited about Nathan Hoke 
uh, joining the Cougar Fold as well, and of course a uh, Mission First kid. Again, uh, most of these are Mission First. We'll uh, we'll basically update you on who isn't. <laughs> right. How about we look at some of the offensive line guys? That has definitely been one of the major focuses for BYU. Not necessarily just this recruiting class, but in recruiting classes in the past, they have really tried. When do you not need a good offensive ex- line? Exactly. Right? Look, and and this season is we're, we're seeing the benefits of that focus. Zach Wilson is going to literally count the dollars <laughs> yes. in his bank account because of it. Yes, so we're talking about offensive lineman Weston Jones, 6'5", 255 from Michigan, Romeo High School. How about that, Romeo High School? That's pretty cool. Uh, rated as the number 39 recruit in the state of Michigan. He is a three-star recruit. Mission first kid, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of these guys are. Uh, solid offensive line guy. One of the things that the coaches said about Weston is he's extremely humble and respectful, and he really fits into what we're seeing out of offensive linemen now at BYU. He fits right into that exact same mold with what we're seeing on the field this season. An offensive coach or offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes says Weston brings smarts and versatility to the program. Weston, great, great all-around offensive lineman, plays with really, really good technique for a young guy, smart kid, reliable kid, had him in camp here, um, a guy that could, uh, that could potentially end up being a good center or guard for us. And 6'5", you like that height. Uh, the most successful BYU teams always had just these massive offensive lines, right? And so, uh, yeah. Well, and Mateo's you, doing work. Absolutely. And at 6'5", 255 now, you get back from your mission, you got to imagine to probably have him 300-plus by the time, you know, he, they really want to see him have playing time. That's basically the progression everybody yeah. else has gone through. And he's not going to really, you know, compete for playing time for probably four years, right? right? You, you, you almost always redshirt as an offensive lineman. It's rare that you jump right in. Yes. Um, and then your freshman year, you're kind of just a backup, and then maybe your sophomore year, you're doing something. So, it's funny uh, how most people go on their missions and gain weight. For some reason, the offensive linemen lose weight. <laughs> depends where you go. <laughs> it depends, really does. Depends where you go. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I gained five pounds. That was it. I gained five pounds like my first three days at the MTC. Yeah. I might have gained five pounds this morning at breakfast. Lots of Captain Crunch. Okay, next up, oh, offensive geez. line. Sponsored content again. We got Raid. We got Captain Crunch. <laughs> Sione Hingano, offensive lineman, 6'5", 285. Chandler, Arizona. Chandler High School. Oh, let's talk about Chandler High School. Uh, joining Gunnar Romney, Jacob Conover, and Cash Peterman on next year's roster from Chandler. Day the champs, as uh, Jack DeMuni would say, right? Um, three-star guy and Ului Lapuahu type, which Ului was a beast. Uh, don't ask Boise State, though. Eric Mateo says Sione fits the BYU O-line mold. Sione is a guy that we identified uh, having a great senior year. He's got great athleticism, very long arms. He's exactly what you're looking for when you're looking at a developmental tackle prospect at BYU. Uh, He's going to go serve his mission, and then when he gets back, uh, he'll be ready to play offensive tackle for us. Very, very excited to have him. Must have those long arms then. Yeah. Well, and you look, they said he was a little bit of a late bloomer, and I think that's one of those things that you that you look at. That I'm fine with just, that. Absolutely. Sometimes Boom. it takes it takes people time to grow into their body. Hey, grow sixteen into their year old, can you be the best person? Yes, we'd like you to be. You, what prime no. condition at seventeen? Like, yeah, that's that's always silly to me. Um, why can't people be have an amazing senior year and then live off that? You know, but hey, if you're not good as a sophomore, then sorry, you don't have a chance. What? So I'm totally fine with that. And another big, awesome offensive line uh, get 
um, and a uh, and a mission first guy. All right, let's stay with the offensive line. Uh, Dylan Rollins. Let's go, baby. 6'6", 285 let's from go. Missoula, Montana. Look at that hair. Look at I that love picture. It. That, I mean, unfortunately, the hair is going to have to go, but that is quite, that's, that's oh, quite oh, the main. Hopefully right there. knew that before. Yes. But, uh, that's a good piece of lettuce right there. Yeah, number one recruit in the state of Montana. Uh, Minnesota, Oregon made a late push. Uh, and had a lot of other Ivy League schools that were in the mix. Yeah, you and I coming out of high school, too. Yeah, same, <laughs> yeah, same thing. Absolutely. And, and this is a guy that is a play-first recruit coming yep. in. So yep. he's signing to play right away. Yep. And he, obviously, you know, you get those guys uh, that are 6'6", 285, and offensive uh, line well, coach yes, you Eric, play. Eric Mateo says, Dylan has an edge to him and was worth uh, working to get him into the fold. But Dylan is... Uh, one of the toughest guys we watched on film all year, a relentless run blocker, uh, very long-armed, very athletic. He's going to have the opportunity to come in here and, and play tackle uh, and, and guard. He's, he's versatile, but we're going to start him out playing tackle just because of his length. Uh, again, another guy who's very tough, uh, a little bit mean-spirited, looking for that, that edge that we want on the offensive line at BYU. He fits that mold, and, and we had to recruit him a long time, but but we sure are excited to have him. Look, tough and mean-spirited. <laughs> I can't think of better words to describe what I want from my offensive lineman. Depending on who you <laughs> ask, I fall into that category as well on Twitter. <laughs> I, I love it, dude. Uh, Minnesota and Oregon made a late push with him, and uh, he ends up signing at BYU. I will always take a mean-spirited dude who's 6'6", 285. Always. Every on, time. on the offensive or let's, defensive line. Just give go. me the mean-spirited guys let's there. Let's go. I love it. Mean-spirited on the field. <laughs> Off, you can be nice. Let's go. Okay, back to the defensive line. Inoka Mingao, defensive line, 6'5", 240 from Temecula, California. Chaparral High School. Uh, 80, uh, you know, th- this, is, this is a guy who, uh, you know, is, is exciting. It is, uh, we'll, we'll see about his bro. Uh, recruited separately from his bro. Three-star, Michigan State, Colorado, Arizona, all in the mix. Um, and you can only always use defensive linemen. We've been waiting for... Kind of more from the defensive line under Kalani Sataka. We saw so much at Utah. BYU did a better job this year, I think. They're, they're progressing in that regard. Elias Tuiaki says, Inoka brings some good tools to BYU. Inoka is a, is a tall defensive end, a kid that can possibly play multiple spots on, on both uh, defense as well as offense. Um, he's the kind of kid that you, you get for development potential and brings a lot to the table. Yes, he does, and we look forward to uh, Inoka joining the fold. He is uh, he is uh, a twin. Uh, more on that later, maybe we'll see. Uh, and playing playing right away. Yeah, well, and look, we know what type of talent comes out of the state of California, and this is a top one hundred recruit in the and, state. He's and, num- number eighty six yes. and number fifty eight defensive end in the nation. That's pretty good. And uh, all of this with no season for the California high school kids. Now, yeah. now they were they keep pushing it back and blah blah blah. They're actually creating club football so that they can play where the school districts can't dictate what they're going to do. Right. Um, yeah. So we mentioned uh, his twin. Let's go to his uh, other twin uh, or the twin right now, his brother who's on the offensive line. Yeah. E- e- Elia Mingau, uh, offensive line, 6'4", 320, nice. obviously 
since they're twins, they are both from Temecula, California, and went to <laughs> Chaparral High School. And you mentioned it. These guys were not a package deal. They, they were not, we're going to for sure go to the same place. They were recruited separately. They had offers from different schools. So there was a chance that they would split up and go to two different places. So I think it's pretty cool that they ultimately. What twins split up? Come on. Decided, yeah, they're coming together, baby. Decided to, to go to the, to the same place. And look, 17 years old, so they're young guys. 17, they're going to wow. come in and play just because they do plan to go on missions in all likelihood, but they've got to come in because they're not old enough to go on a mission yet. Uh, multiple P5 offers, and, and this is a guy that Jeff Grimes says brings uh, a lot to the BYU Cougars that they haven't seen in a while. Big, physical, wide-bodied guard. Something that we haven't had a lot of here recently. We've, we've had a lot of tackles, a lot of length, but haven't had a lot of those big, wide bodies that you'd like to put in there and just let them destroy something in the A-gap. And, and he's that kind of guy. <laughs> destroy. I love that. I, and interesting that these guys are twins, but they have, they have different bodies. There's an 80-pound difference between them. Okay, but here's the deal. We're going to have to have, uh, is it going to be E-I Mingao and E-N Mingao? Because they're both. John and Joe They're both Beck. E. Yeah, they weren't brothers, yes. but sort of. Yeah, now granted, they're on different sides of the ball, but still. <laughs> okay, when you said Raider DeMooney, I always thought, that's my nephew. <laughs> that, that's what Jack DeMooney says about everybody. About everybody. We actually have a nephew of Jack DeMooney signing. So this is the first and only time that it's real. Yes. That would be Jovessa DeMooney. Uh, six feet, 180 from Providence, Utah, Ridgeline High School. Uh, his dad works at, at Utah State. Uh, he is a mission-first kid. Um, and he's been compared to a guy like Neil Pau. Uh, it can play running back, kind of that slot position. So one of the, one of the obviously at, at six feet and 180, one of the smaller receivers. Uh, but being compared to Neil Pau is, is not bad at all. Uh, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes says he's excited to see what position Jovessel ends up playing. It'll be fun to see um, to see where this guy ends up and what he does. Got a tremendous skill set as an all-around athlete. I mean, he can he can run the ball from the backfield. He he can catch from the backfield. You can line him up at receiver. He runs great routes. He can cover people, and so um, a guy that, that could end up doing a lot of things for us. And his dad uh, Wanga, that's Jack's brother, works up at Utah yeah. State, as you mentioned. So mission first guy. Okay, next up, Quentin Rice, six one one ninety out of Vegas. Uh, Faith Lutheran High School. This is the son of Rodney Rice, who played uh, in the secondary for BYU in the late 80s. Uh, not a member of the church, so he's here to play. Three-star, coached by former UNLV head coach and Utah offense coordinator Mike Sanford. And Lamb says Quentin has great, great potential. Quentin Rice, another legacy recruit for us. Uh, Father Rodney Rice played here at BYU. And... Uh, Quentin has uh, outstanding development potential, really has a lot of length and speed. We see him uh, being capable of playing multiple positions in his time here. Love it. Love having Quentin Rice here. Well, and here's another athlete, uh, Dallin Havea, uh, 6'2", 230 pounds from Orem, mm. Utah, went to Provo High School. 6'2", 230. Yeah, 6'2", 230. And, and this guy is a big-time athlete. He is a mission-first guy, a three-star recruit. Uh, and he can play multiple positions. In all likelihood, he probably comes in and plays linebacker, but he's also more than capable of being one of those bigger running backs. And Elisa Tuiaki says that Dallin gives the coaches options with his speed and size. Dallin Javier is a, is a big, tall athlete. He's a kid that's played 
uh, running back as well as uh, safety, uh, linebacker, a kid that can rush off the edge and uh, even possibly get big enough to play D-tackle. I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, things that we can do with, uh, with an athlete like this, and we're excited to have him. Seven yards a carry last year. I, I like that. Next up, Isaiah Glasker, defensive back or safety, 6'5", which would be tall for that position, 205 South Jordan, Utah, uh, Bingham High School. Three-star, good athlete, seven-on-seven guy with Logan Fano and Raider DeMooney. Under-recruited, probably due to Bingham's uh, run-heavy offense, tremendous ball skills. Preston Hadley says Isaiah's speed and length are exciting. Isaiah Glasker, uh, we feel he's a, a big ball potential. Um, really long body, 6'4", uh, has good speed, good length, and we really feel like he uh, can play multiple positions. You know, for now, uh, we'll bring him in as a free safety, and you know, we'll go from there. But really excited about his potential. Six five at defensive back safety would be extremely tall. But uh, if he has great ball skills, get this man the ball, whether it's uh, defensively or offensively. Well, from one six five guy to another guy who's six five, tight end Bentley Redden. 220 from San Clemente, California, San Clemente High School. This is a guy that had a lot of P5 uh, interest in Pac-12 specifically. A lot of teams in the Pac-12 wanted him. Smart, uh, parents both alums. He is a mission-first kid. Uh, Three-star recruit, rated the number 90 recruit in the nation. And Jeff Grimes says Bentley fits the mold of a great tight end. Bentley is like um, a lot of the guys who have come here and become great tight ends. Just a guy that's a long athlete playing um, mainly wide receiver and defensive line in high school. And so like, like a lot of guys that have been here that fall into that category, you can see his receiving skills, his ability to run and catch when he plays receiver. Um, but you can see his, uh, his physical prowess when he lines up at defensive end and, and uh, blows up the line of scrimmage and hits the quarterback. Here's what I like about a guy like Bentley. And obviously coming in, if he, if he plays tight end, highly recruited, could have gone anywhere to play tight end. He's coming into a program that has a lot of really good tight ends who are young. I like the fact he was still willing to come into this room and fight for playing time. I think that speaks very highly of Bentley. Yeah, mission first, same high school as Isaac Rex, by the way. Yes. So there you go. There's obviously the tie-in there. All right, coming up, how did COVID influence this recruiting class for BYU? And head coach Kalani Sitake joins us to break down the class. What were the challenges? What were the triumphs? We'll talk to him after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation on early football signing day. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU will face UCF next Tuesday in the Boca Raton Bowl at Countdown to Kickoff. Countdown to Kickoff will get you ready. You tune in on BYU TV as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Spencer Linton get you prepared for the battle in Florida. Coverage begins 6 p.m. Eastern on December 22nd on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. Kalani, always a fun day when you can sign new guys to the fam. And today is a particularly big early signing class, which uh, congratulations on it so far. Thank you. We're excited for these uh, young men to join our team and uh, looking forward to the plays that they're going to make for us and on and off the field. We're, we're excited for their, their presence and, the, and uh, the impact that they're going to have here at BYU. Okay, so we have 15 of the 16 officially in expected today. What are your overall thoughts 
on this particular group, uh, 12 of which will serve missions first. Yeah, just really proud of the group overall. I mean, I, I think if you talk about the character of the families that they come from, uh, I think they're going to represent BYU really well. And uh, I'm just really excited to, to have them part of our group. And, you know, in, in a time where recruiting is so different this year than any other year we've had, uh, I'm really excited about the quality that we have in person and the, the talent that they bring in as well. Kalani, this is your sixth recruiting class at BYU. I'm curious where you feel like the program has taken its greatest strides in terms of recruiting during your time here. Well, for me, it's it's getting everything rolling, it's meaning that uh, if you have a good cycle of players coming in, developing, getting a playing time, and then giving them opportunities to make plays, uh, that should show interest in the next level, and um, you know, as well as winning games. But for us, I think if, when we start getting more uh, recognition and guys being able to play at the next level and being appreciated for their talents, uh, here we're trying to get players that can sign and also players that we can develop. Um, we have one of the best uh, receivers in the country who was a preferred walk-on. And so a lot of effort goes into recruiting all these young men that take a spot on the 123 roster. So uh, once we start getting that rolling, I feel like we have a good number of, uh, of players on our team that are NFL uh, quality. And uh, I think, um, you know, we will start to see that be a consistent deal for us. And I think the talent that we have signing this uh, today uh, will add to that. Yeah, it's exciting because it takes all kinds of different players, the preferred walk-ons you mentioned, the return missionaries, the guys who just play straight out. Uh, and sometimes it takes a minute like a Dax Milne to flourish. So uh, with that in mind, I wanted to highlight, I guess, just three guys that kind of stick out from this group among them. Raider Damuni, Logan Fano, and uh, and uh, Mr. Mister Daly. Uh those guys seem to really pop and could be massive playmakers for BYU in the future. Yeah, great families. Um, you know, you're looking at the, the 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 presence that they have on the field in their high school games, and then you can kind of see that the the correlation that's going to take place uh, right here at Lavelle Stadium and playing in the in the blue and white. So, uh, really happy about the the town. Like I said, we feel like um, you know the, the difficult thing right right now is for the missions. Because guys, we we sign them and then we see them a little later, but uh, we also get really excited because we see them later. We're bringing a, another group of uh, great return missionaries uh, in the year 2021. They're going to start start in January and then spring and then fall. So uh, we have, I think, we have a really good cycle of things going. Uh, players going in and out, and players that are are doing great things, you know, after they graduate, and then uh, the quality that we have. Those three young men that you mentioned. I think that, uh, they bring a lot to the table, but they've also helped in recruiting uh, a lot of this class. And I think Raider, we, we offered him a long time ago, and he was committed to, to you know, being a, basically a recruiter for us. And, uh, you know, he should be really proud of the, of the class that he, we put together because he was a big part of that, being a leader for it. Kalani, how much of an impact has this season's success on the field, how much of an impact has that made in this year's recruiting class, but in recruiting in general? Well, it's actually opened up the um, the conversation for a lot of different recruits that were out there. Uh, a lot of people that didn't know about us had, had contacted us, like the brand of football that we play, the style that we play on offense, defense, and special teams. And so, um, although it opened up, it made the net a little bit wider. We still have to choose a young men that will represent what BYU is all about, you know, and that will live the honor code, that will uh, relish in, in the environment that's here at BYU, and that we feel like can can uh, flourish in, as an individual uh, in, in a lot of different areas, and that's spiritually, 
physically and, and, and definitely uh, mentally with, with uh, academics here. So looking at people that can fit what we're trying to do here is in a program that, that fits the academics that can, that can uh, do all the things that are included being at BYU and, and have the mindset of representing what we represent, which is you know, trying to represent the, the Christ-like uh, approach to the game of football, which is difficult, but I feel like these young men will fit the profile that we want perfectly. We're talking with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. Certainly, recruiting in a pandemic is different. How was that different for you, and how did you still find success despite it? Well, I mean, there's a lot of people to thank in, in the whole recruiting process, and and uh, I think everyone goes right to the coaches and the players, and and that's a huge part of it. But there's so many people that, especially in this year, that, that were really vital in our recruiting. I mean, uh, Jason IU and Jack DeMuni have been just a, a, they've done a great job. They've been perfect uh, for the, the adversity that hit with recruiting, um, uh, you know, without actually being present. Uh, the, the biggest, the, the thing that's been kind of the clincher here at BYU is uh, young men and their families coming to the visits and not having uh, official visits, not having, having it be a dead period, not attending any games, things like that makes it really difficult to show what your school is all about um, and, and, and those young, I mean, those, those young men and not having the, the experience of being out here, being around the environment of the school, uh, going to, you know, the Marriott center and watching the basketball team play and being around the fans. Uh, it's, it's, it's different. So, uh, I give a lot of credit to Jason and to Jack to find the people that are here to be really creative in ways to give them that experience virtually. And it showed that it worked, you know, and, and uh, I, I mean, in, in the, in my um, in the press conference, I'll be able to thank all those individuals uh, specifically and individually because they were they were awesome in the whole process, and we couldn't have done it without them. And uh, this this class, they should be really proud of their hard work and effort because it was more than just the coaches on the phone calls and Zoom calls and things like that. It was a lot of their creativity and the, and everything that they helped put together, including today. Kalani, not only are you guys dealing with the early signing period and, and going through everything that that entails, you guys are also preparing for a bowl game next Tuesday. How have practices been this week? Yeah, it's been good. We actually took a you know day off so we can get these guys to, to um, recover a little bit from last week, and and then uh, you know we'll get right back onto it with our regular prep. Um, this is different than other bowl games because um, in the past our season would have been done at the end of uh, November. And that we would have those 15 practices in between the, um, the end of the last game and then the, the, the bowl game. Uh, in this case, we've actually had all those practices and more and then threw in a couple games in there. So uh, the fact that our guys have been on top of it, uh, I, I'm excited that we we're able to manipulate the system and manipulate the schedule so that it can work for our guys to perform at their best next week on the 22nd. Looking forward to it. Our guys are fired up to go to Boca Raton and uh, face UCF. It's going to be a great game and looking forward to performing at our best. What's the biggest challenge in trying to slow down that uh, night offense, which is putting up 44 a game? Well, it's going to come down to the fundamentals of the game, tackling well, uh, making sure that we're assignment sound. Uh, they, they pressure you by putting, by putting a lot of um, emphasis on the speed of the game, meaning uh, snap to snap, they'll go quick. And that's the, their goal is to try to get 90 to 100 snaps in there and we're going to have to stop them. That's what we have to do defensively. And a great way to stop them defensively is also the counter emphasis scoring on the offense. And then having the special teams be the, the thing that kind of gets up the, the win and make sure that's a difference maker for us, which it has been for, for the entire year. So looking forward to 
all three phases performing well and, and excited for the players to get out there and play one more time together as a family. Earlier in the week, both Isaiah Kafusi and Zach Wilson had mentioned still feeling like they need to prove something. Do you guys still feel like you have to prove your legitimacy to the outside world? Well, I think we just, the, the guys love playing football. And then that's the approach that you want your players and your leaders to have is that you, that you, you feel like you can do a lot more. And um, I've said it before, our players are intrinsically motivated and, and, and they, they do it with this uh, high level of appreciation. And so as a head coach, it's, it's an honor for me to watch them uh, work and watch them lead and interact with their teammates and the fans. And so I think, I think for the most part, they just want to play their best game and hopefully we can get that done on December 22nd. And that's, uh, that's, just, that's a great work ethic approach that they're going to have that's going to carry them out throughout their, the next phase in their career when they graduate and leave for BYU. Well, Kalani, we look forward to the bowl game, and congratulations on a uh, quality signing class today. We appreciate the time, brother. Let's go. Go Cougs. Go Cougs, indeed. That's Kalani Sataka on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. It's busy, man. You're trying to lock these guys up. You're trying to get ready for a bowl, bowl game. game. They've all got finals. Uh, you got to make sure that Christmas list is uh, you know, all set. So, Hey, the Christmas put, list for the coaching Santa, staff put it was, in the mail. was the signing day. Yes, right? Merry Christmas. You're like, honey, sorry I didn't get you anything. <laughs> I was signing these guys. Look, honey, <laughs> look, I got you, you know, possibly 16 uh, signees here. <laughs> She's like, thanks. <laughs> I needed X, Y, Z. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. All right, coming up, we'll take a closer look at the position breakdown of this recruiting class. And who are the top signees? Who's going to make an impact? We'll give our best guess on that for the upcoming season and later. This is BYU Sports Nation on Early Football Signing Day. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Listen as BYU travels to San Diego State. Listen, folks. All right. For a big hoops matchup, man, this is going to be a big game on Friday. BYU at San Diego State. Join me and Mark Durant for Eastern with Cougar Pregame Live. Then Greg Rubel and Mark will have the call of the game. Five Eastern all on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Big game is an undersell. Absolutely. Okay. He is Jason. I am Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it, baby. Good whip round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems, Jason. All right, Jerem, is there a particular player from this class who jumps out to you? There are three, and I think I mentioned them, uh, John Henry, Daly, and uh, you know Logan Fano and Raider Demuni. Those three really pop. It doesn't mean they'll be the best three from right. this class, though. Like we chronicled, listen, Dennis Pitta, Chad Lewis, Dax Milne, many others, preferred walk-ons who come on and then make a massive impact, maybe even make the NFL. I think Dax will get a shot at the NFL as well. So today isn't the end all. It's yes. certainly something big, but it's not everything. Well, see, and for me, I think it's probably Logan Fano because he's the highest rated player in this class coming in. So obviously when you have that, it immediately draws your eyes. So I am very curious. He's the one that certainly catches my eye, but I agree with you. All three of them um, have, have warranted getting you know, your eyebrows raising when you see him that they've signed. Okay, that was who, but what jumps out about this recruiting class? The thing that jumps out to me is the, the, the legacy kids or maybe the fact that 
players who have committed so early have stayed with BYU. Yeah. Because that's hard to do not sometimes. Not everybody did. Not, not, every, not everybody did. But I'm saying there are a lot of these guys that have been in the fold for a while and have kept their commitment. Yeah. That speaks to them, but it also speaks to BYU's recruiting that having to go that long with these guys in the – you know, in the mix, to be able to hang on to them, that speaks very highly. The number one thing I do when I look at these papers, and they get, I go, okay, mission first or not? Right. Because it's just going to be a minute. It's exciting today, but the real impact from 12 of these 16 guys won't even come two years from now. It's probably four years from now. So it takes a minute, but we're patient. It's okay. All right. Are you more excited about the names we talked about today or uh, the unknown? Hard to know what the unknown brings, but you kind of forget the return right, missionaries. The right. You, you kind of forget the return missionaries. You kind of forget who's already in the program that's underdeveloped that will become a player that we're not talking about. You, you don't know about the walk-on. So um, I'm excited about all of it, but uh, I'll just say the unknown. Say, I'm going to go with the guys today because the unknown is unknown. And again, we don't know how these players ultimately will pan out, but we, we have something today to look at. We have sure. their stats in high school, sure. where they came from. So for, for today, no, but, but for today, it's what we have. Yeah. So that that probably excites me more. So you're more Thomas than Peter James and John. Good to know. <laughs> um, everyone assumes Utah is the uh, primary recruiting foe for BYU, mm-hmm. but is it? Look, had enough conversations about this. I, I don't think it is. I, I think the recruiting philosophies for these two schools, speaking of BYU and Utah, have diverged significantly. Totally. B, BYU's number one goal is to get the top LDS guys, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the wherever top athlete, they are. wherever they are. Of course in Utah. That well. is the goal. I, I, I just I don't know if there really is a primary recruiting foe because BYU is so unique. Yeah. They, they can offer something that nobody else can to that degree. Right. And uh, there have been a couple schools who have tried to challenge BYU, certainly, right? Like Oregon, Washington, Stanford, USC over the years. Um, so, yeah, it, I don't think it's Utah. In fact, I asked Val Hale, like, in the 90s, I, the same question, like, at Education Week when I was a teenager. And he said, no, it's Stanford. It's Stanford. And that was then because they feel like we have a high academic uh, institution, of course, Stanford, awesome. And then they, they try and push with uh, good LDS uh, experience, right? They have a good institute. They have a defensive coordinator who's a member of the church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, yeah, it's not Utah necessarily. As, it's a different type of player. When BYU and Utah were in the Mountain West, yes. Absolutely. 100%. Look, and that doesn't mean but that they're not going to cross Utah's over. But now that Utah's in a, pack, uh, a Power 5 conference, it's a different situation. Yes, they will They will always cross over on certain players. But in terms of the overall philosophy. Not as many as you think. No, but not, but, but, yeah. but it, there, there will always be a couple because if you're going after in-state kids, a lot of times they'll have offers for right. both. And Utah still wants the uh, return missionary kid. Sure. But they're not built on that. They're built on the kid that wants to play in the Pac-12 yes. but didn't get the scholarship at SC or whatever that still wants to play. Um, and they're getting a lot of good talent. Absolutely. All right, coming up, our rise and shout-outs. And the role of legacy Cougs in the program. This is BYU Sports Nation on early football signing day, baby. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch BYU football top 100 plays on demand on the BYU TV app as we recount, and by we, I mean Spencer and Jeremy, yeah. uh, the greatest plays in Cougar football history. Uh, watched some of that the other day, and it was fantastic. You're a part of it. Come on, man. Uh, I did get a text from a former BYU quarterback who said, Name it. Why was, what, Max Hall, why wasn't I in 
more in the top 10 or top five. It was funny. He was just giving me a hard time, but uh, he said he enjoyed it as well, so I think you will. Okay, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Early football signing day. Great day today. Jason Shepard, Jerem Jordan. Let's talk about two subjects here. Okay, legacy guys, meaning their parents or brothers or mom or whatever, played at BYU athletically. Football guys, you know, um, you know, men who have sons and they play at BYU. What, what's the role? Do you like the legacy, guys? Yes. Does it matter? It does matter, and I, I do like it. And I touched on this a little bit earlier in the show. I, I think it is important, and I thought you brought up a great point. Sometimes it's just assumed that because they have, you know, a history and oh, a family he's that he's coming, and that hasn't always been the case. And yeah. so yeah. I, I think it is important to continue to go after these legacy kids, especially because if you have a last name that is synonymous with BYU. Covey. And then you see it at another university. It's like, Britain. It's, it sounds, it just I'm, is weird. I'm still not over Britain Covey being at Utah. I agree with I'm you. I'm not over Devin Kafusi being at Utah. So I, I like the focus on legacy kids. I, I think that, you know, it's, I love it when they go to the school that their family name is known for. I, and I don't think they have to. No, they don't um, have to. Right. But, but it's nice when they do. Yes. So Jack DeMooney's son, Raider. Let's walk through it. And um, his nephew. That's my nephew, Joe Vassa. Uh, John Henry Daly. Uncle, uh, you know, is David Nixon. Uh, pretty awesome. Kyson Hall. Dad is uh, Kalen. And brothers Jaron and, and KJ. Um, and then there are others, right? Hoke. Um, Nathan Hoke, of course. So Quentin Rice. Uh, pretty awesome. And, and I'm, uh, I think, missing one more name. I think Bentley Redden. Yeah, his dad, uh, yeah, Matt. Both of his parents were alums. Both played here, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, that's cool. You already have a connection to these guys. When you see that name on the back of the jersey, there's a, it evokes an emotion, right? It, and that doesn't always happen. Like, Mike Wilson's kid, Zach, went to BYU. He went right. to Utah. Like, sometimes you switch. You know, hopefully, hopefully one day. Like, I want my kids to come to BYU if they have an opportunity. But there are different opportunities. Like, we've seen the Reed family locally go to Stanford quite a bit. Um, you know, Lake Hemuli's kid went to, to Stanford. Like, it happens, and there are lots of great opportunities. But if you want the BYU experience, it's there to be had for you if you want it. Look, and, every, and it's cool when it happens. And everybody is entitled to make the decision that they feel is best for them. Yes. That, that, I did that before the earth was, and I'm still <laughs> doing it here. Well played. Well played. All right. Different question for you now. Yeah. One position we did not see on the signing class was quarterback. Right. So no, no quarterback in this signing class. Is that a concern for you? No. Let's talk about who BYU has next year and the next couple of years. So you'll, next year, let's advance the, uh, the uh, classification. So you have a senior, Baylor Romney. You have a junior, uh, Jaron Hall, unless he gets a medical and he can stay a sophomore, but you don't know that until the end. You're going to have uh, Soljay Mayava Peters, who uh, was a red shirt this year. So he'll be a freshman next year as well. And then Jacob Conover will be a uh, freshman as Who's well. Who's apparently killing it. Yeah, so I... I there's question. There's there's going to be a quarterback race between Baylor Romney. Let's get Jaron Hall healthy and see if he's in the mix as well. And then of course Jacob Conover, who's the Scott Squad quarterback. There are those who think that Jacob Conover is going to be the starting quarterback. Baylor Romney probably has something to say about that, and perhaps Jaron Hall as well. So Jamaava Peters, perhaps he evolves a ton and is in the mix too. So BYU does not need one this year. Absolutely not. Does not need one. Now if someone transfers out, maybe you need to add uh, somebody. But BYU did not sign a quarterback. They don't need to today or tomorrow or the next day in this early signing period or in February. But next year, maybe you need one. There was a quarterback that BYU was in the mix for who was one of the best players in the state of Utah. He uh, is, is signing at USC. 
uh, with Jackson Dart. So, but BYU didn't go after him heavy because they like the upperclassmen they already have, and they like Jacob Conover yeah. a lot. So, I, I, BYU may not even need one in the next class, but they definitely would after that. Yeah. I, I'm guessing in the 2022 class they do sign a quarterback. I'm not concerned with it at all for most of the reasons that you mentioned. You legitimately have four starters in that room already that it could have have a say in being the starter. The other part about it is when you have that type of, of talent and they're all so young in the room, the chances of getting a quarterback to sign with you is probably pretty slim as well. True, because how much of an opportunity exactly. would a like, guy like Jackson yes. Dart have here Exactly. Um, with, with that? But you always want a talented room. Like, Absolutely. I, I kind of want a guy to transfer occasionally out of that room. Because it's because so good that, that he's yes, not going to play? Yes, no, exactly. If everyone's like content to be a backup, yeah. I don't really like that. Because Jacob Conover is the guy who's like, no, 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 I'm coming here to start. And if he doesn't start, guess what? He could still redshirt next year um, because of COVID stuff. This is like a free year. So uh, I doubt it'll be here six years, but that possibility actually exists. Yeah, zero concerns (laughs) that there's no quarterback in the signing class. All right, coming up, our elite voice of the day. And uh, who gets today's rise and shout out on this football signing day? This is BYU Sports Nation. Dance it out, Jason. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, not me. Good. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Yeah, it is. BYU signing guys to help guide forward with the football team in the coming seasons. BYU Sports Nation always on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can always download the podcast. All you need to do, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review while you're there. It's been a fun show. We've recapped 15 of BYU's expected uh, 16 signees. The other one we'll announce later tonight. In uh, our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. It's from Chris Hoke uh, at HokeyBro76, former Coug, two-time Super Bowl champ with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Words cannot express how proud I am of my son at Nate Hoke26, Nathan Hoke. He has dreamt of this day his whole life. I can't wait to see him run out of the tunnel at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the blue and white. Hashtag go Cougs. That's Very pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man, because you think about what you want for your kids, and it's like, the best thing you experienced, you're like, hey, I want you to experience this too because I enjoyed it so much. I think you would as well. Um, and and that, that's pretty cool to see. Like, I can't imagine my own kid, like, playing football at BYU. Right. He's going to be too scrawny to do so. So maybe we can get a different sport. Uh, but, yeah, it'd just be an incredible experience, one that many, many dads have had over the years with BYU football. All right, today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. I'm going to give it to the signees. This is a great day in their lives. It's a stressful time to be able to get to, the, to this point. Congratulations. And welcome to the family. Awesome. And mine goes out to Jason Ayu and Jack DeMooney. They put in the work. Our thanks to today's guest, Kalani Stuck. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, no time, bro. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Paul Walkenhorst. BYU basketball with Mark Pope's coming up after the break. You know who wasn't announced on signing day? Dennis Pitta. Dennis Pitta.